Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Qualia. In this episode, we talk with Yuvraj. Yuvraj is a college junior and he is a budding astrophysicist. We talk with him about his recent internship at Ayuka Pune. We talk with him about the cautionary tales the field of physics is facing today with the advent of data science. We talk about how learning physics shapes someone's cognitive structure and how it sets him apart from the rest of the population. This was a fun conversation we had with him. Hope you guys enjoy this episode too. Let's get started. So Yuvraj, welcome to the show. I think this is the first time we have someone from our own physics stream after Jeffrey on our show. So uh, we are very glad to bring in a physicist perspective. So tell us about yourself, Yuvraj. Hey guys, uh, I'm Yuvraj. I just finished my undergrad and um, I'm right now getting into masters. My aim is to be an astrophysicist and to contribute more into the field. Yeah, I like to do a lot of things. And my main priority is um, being an astrophysicist. So you've recently got into an internship, right? Tell us about the internship. Uh, yeah. So the internship was from the Ayuka. So the Ayuka Pune offered the summer school, uh, which they generally conduct every year. And uh, they, this, they did, uh, this time they had it online. And um, we had around a lot of applicants. And luckily I got into it. And it was a pretty good experience because generally you don't come across scientists speaking about their uh, field and what they actually do. But here we were able to have a better opportunity to interact them and get to know the field in the first hand perspective. So welcome again, Yogaraj. And also, I was just curious about this internship slash summer school that you just mentioned here. Uh, can you talk us through the process of getting into it and like what is it that you were doing there as a physics student and what were your important learnings were? process is pretty basic where uh, they give it a they circulate the uh, browser that they have for this and uh, you have to get into a google uh, docs website and they'll have all those questions asked about you they don't prioritize much on what you have scored in your undergrad the main focus that they have is how motivated you are and they generally try to figure it out by giving you, you know, um, articles. It? it isn't exactly articles, like SOP kind of thing, um, where um, they, they ask you why you actually want to uh, pursue in Ayuka, the summer school, and how can they know that we are uh, enthusiastic in that. So there are these two parts. You have to skillfully write it in such way that it um, attracts them. And um, once it's all clear, you get in. And in the summer school, I, I guess we had around uh, 400 plus students inside it. Um, it involved both um, undergrad students like me. Th- there were some master students. And it was uh, surprising to see there were also a lot of uh, professors who teach students were also part of this. So it was a conglomerate of different uh, aspects of people coming in and uh, having the lectures. And the 
portion that they covered was pretty basic uh, it had uh, they used this book called uh, astrophysics for physicists by arnab raichau no matter wh- wherever you go uh, that would be the primordial uh, standard book that every scientist would prefer you if you say that you are interested in astrophysics and yeah so we covered it uh, every aspect of what it was and uh, that's how it went hey actually uh, correct me if i'm wrong i think it was feynman who said that uh, no physicist has ever walked the earth without lo- without loving astrophysics or cosmology and uh, i want to ask you ivraj i mean like we all got into physics and i'm pretty sure that all of us i am pretty sure rohan too got into physics because of looking at the stars i mean looking at the stars was the first place we fell in love with the dynamics of the universe so we all got into physics and once we got into college we realized that okay this is not just about stars and uh, i got into masters and it didn't bode well for me what i'm trying to ask you is that this place is exclusively for astrophysics as you mentioned so did you feel any gravitating shift when you moved from here to there from college from regular syllabus to ayuka did you feel anything different uh definitely there were a lot of difference the first thing is that uh, you don't have a prescribed syllabus in spite uh, you know i mentioned the people there the professors uh, followed our, uh, the arnab rai choudhury's book uh, for the basics uh, you know the structure of the lectures there was no any construct or way that you have to do this do that in order to get marks so that was the beauty of this internships generally internships or even the summer school or any interactions that you have with scientists it generally doesn't you know uh, prevent you from exploring beyond um, all these uh, lectures that we had there were pretty open to all sorts of questions unless and until uh, you know you have basic question followed by some strong evidence or con- some kind of inference that you made from their lectures they are pretty uh, open and happy to learn no understand what we say and also um, try to clarify us why is it in that way or um, how those possibility can also be explored the special thing about um, college and here is that um, in college they generally teach you how to score marks um, all the questions which i felt uh, this might be my perspective but anyways um in college mostly what we learned is uh, rather than learning the concepts or the subjects that we have it was more like um, how to uh, prepare the answer in such a way that we get all the 10 marks or the 20 marks that the question has been asked there is here it is in the same way where um, we te- uh, we went on to uh, question why such conclusion have been uh, derived by a particular scientist after his experiment his or her experiment why not the other way and all those things and um, the interactions with scientists uh, gave us their uh, very own perspectives like um, they were able they are free to share what they think is right you know how they are skeptical about the most popular theory that is been prevailing no just because um, it's pr- pretty prevalent uh the theory or the concept of a particular uh, phenomenon or something they weren't like you know uh, accepting it wholehearted they showed us how to be skeptic about it and how skepticism on particular topics can be pretty good in developing furthermore yeah uh, allow me to slightly reflect here because uh, i have talked to various 
professors who have accomplished in this field of physics and the one thing that i constantly notice from these professors is that uh, they too in their youth are greatly influenced by these summer schools or internships that they visit for two months or a month or three months rather than the regular college so yeah it's it's all the it's all about the incentives at play here in in regular college we have this incentive of scoring marks and being better than our uh, neighbor next to us and learning is not really an incentive that is forced upon us in the regular college whereas in these in internships or summer schools we are forced to learn for the sake of learning it because the organization that that uh, conducts these internships don't have any incentives to make a score any marks or something like that so i think it would have really been a great experience for you uh, and moving on i just wanted to talk about the aspects that you worked on while you were there like what was especially in astrophysics which you worked on like was there a specific thing which you were really concerned and were studying throughout the course of your summer school in general uh, while the ayuka summer school is being conducted uh, the professors there motivate students to you know come under a particular set of um, professors to work on a particular project or so but unfortunately uh, this time it being an online event they weren't able to uh, you know have a exclusive session where uh, people start working under professors on a particular topic but instead we had a wide range of topics to one um, we learned about um, you know how would say the radiation works um, we were able, we were asked to do some conduct experiments with our household uh, wifi and uh, mobile hotspot to understand how radiation uh, intensity or how uh, density all those things um, we were able to do it in first hand at home they were able to devise experiments in such way that we get you know uh, a hand to hand experience all those and there were also uh, lectures on a basic introduction on how to solve uh, problems like uh, gravitational microlens or finding the mass of a particular galaxy and there were also even sessions where um, we were taught how to construct a telescope uh, from scratch and also how to uh, assemble a ready made telescope that we buy from shops and how to take photographs uh, of the celestial uh, objects and how to analyze these spectrums uh, from the data that we have so it was you know pretty elementary introductions to all sorts of research and works um and they were also pretty open for uh, people who are actually interested to get in touch with professors who taught a particular even myself i am i am now in constant touch with two to three professors regarding what has been done so if you ask me if there was something actually that i did work on i would say no but uh, it paved us a new pathway where uh, opportunities are wide open for us to uh, start a work working on or even land in internship and hey yuvraj uh, i wanted to ask this okay uh, when we get fascinated with astrophysics we think that we get to see the stars the space telescopes and we get to see the galaxies and stuff and uh, but the reality is that an average astrophysicist spends almost like 60% of his time 70% of his time behind a computer screen i mean uh, how does that fact hit you do you recognize that it is necessary process of it is it is a necessary part of the process or uh, are you really you know 
are you really hating that part like computers are really 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 necessary for studying astrophysics and uh, what about that part um, to be honest um, i even landed this uh, summer school because of the fact that i mentioned i'm pretty good in coding um, unless and until uh, i actually this is my third attempt in applying for uh, ayuka sam in first year and second year i wasn't uh, successful enough to get into it. but um, luckily this time i got into it because of the fact that i pretty much explained it in detail that um, i was pretty good in coding because generally people want a, you know an astrophysicist to be good in coding the main reason why is that is because uh, people no longer uh, you know look at uh, photographs of celestial objects and uh, they start working on spectrums and some, right now these spectrums are also computerized so you need to be pretty good um i won't say exclusively python um but you have to be pretty good in programming and most importantly how you can manage heavy data initially it was tough because um i come from a biomath uh, you know group in my 12 so when i started my bsc i had pretty uh, i had no clue about you know how uh, coding might be helpful uh, as to but after attending certain uh, events uh, where scientists speak on all those everyone suggested me that i have to code then i started coding from my second year it ranged from you know uncertified uh, internships where uh, i just what is it audit the course kind of the audit the interest and i started uh, getting into some premier institutes like internshala nit to learn python and all together uh, with the knowledge that i gained here i was lucky enough to get into IIT Madras data science course uh, the online degree that they are offering now. and all these things initially was tough but once i started learning it it went on to uh, no it, gave, it started giving me a pretty good uh, experience um what i specifically found uh, interesting was coding gave me the uh, liberty to learn on my like i can do uh, you know a lot of errors but still i can just uh, recover from it it's not like you once you do it you're done it's not like that. i can do a thousand uh, codes different codes just to find it right at the time and um, it wasn't you know uh, daunting it was actually a challenging kind of thing. um it doesn't thing and also followed by that um, this went on this learning um, rather than seeing coding as a burden i started seeing it as a learning process where i really loved it i specifically love the functions part of the programming because that gives you the opportunity you know to um, do whatever you like like if you don't believe me like in recent days um, i don't mostly use my calculator for uh, calculating certain series or um, finding out a bigger sum or this when i work with things like statistics and all those things i generally pre plan a code in my uh, browser and uh, once i get into the question i plug in those into the codes and uh, i get in the end so i started loving it and i won't say uh, it's a horrible part where the you know uh, working on coding to manage big data and all i started finding it as a fun part in astrophysics rather than a daunting you are now that you bring up how important coding is to involve yourself into research in astrophysics now that you bring that uh, i just wanted to ask you this that recently the 
image of the black hole was revealed and uh, this black hole image the very fact that it needed 5 petabytes of data that is like half a ton of 1 tb hard disks 5 petabytes of data were needed to analyze and produce this image of the black hole and today astrophysics is almost as much as data science as much as it is physics and you have now data science along with astrophysics to actually do the uh, physics of uh, stars and heavenly other heavenly bodies and before you didn't only have the collective baggage of physics but now you also have this baggage of data science as in the case of this uh, famous british economist like ronald h coase who said that if you torture the data long enough it will confess to anything so my question basically is that when you have both the packages of physics and data science along with you how does one actually go into astrophysics making discoveries because the today with the advent of big data and uh, telescopes bringing in large amount of data the field has completely revolutionized from as it was before so how does one since you are an aspiring astrophysicist i wanted to ask you does like how does one figure out through this mazes um that was actually you know uh, interesting question but if you ask me i would say that um, data science and astrophysics have not become you know an additional burden to a person they might be uh, having their own gravity they both individually or kind of a heavy dense subject but if an astrophysicist tries to balance it he gets a pretty good balance and um, it helps him to achieve a little more rather than you know sticking to a particular part the reason is that um, astrophysics is pretty much um, you know how to say how oh, it theorizes things um, in, even in uh, at the advent of uh, the early 20th century astrophysics was just an observational part it wasn't even considered a real science back then uh, what generally happened was people generally used to look at certain uh, catalog them and say that this is a galaxy a star and all those all those revolutions started to make only when um, at the later part of the 20th century and now the growth has been significantly the thing which i wanted to emphasize here is that um, once you study all your physics it's pretty easy to devise a theory or a problem so once you get a you know the thing is that once you have your basic physics covered um, which i won't say like you know you need not to have very big uh, knowledge on physics to be an astrophysicist people generally used to find uh, all they, they used to approximate a lot and these approximations were pretty well since these are you know super massive stuff that we are studying here these approximation come a pretty good and um, these data science or this heavy data that the astrophysicists carry or work upon is what gives them an evidence for all the theories that they develop um it's more like you know observing a certain and telling them a particular object moves this way and that way and you need heavy data to come to a conclusion what the particular person has said is indeed to be honest um you know uh, the advent of heavy data has actually made uh, the lives of astrophysicists pretty easy because they have tons and tons of data to rely upon and come to conclusion and such and such thing happens in a particular event back then when people were only starting focusing physics aspect of this thing people were skeptical like they, they don't uh, believe much in 
what the per- particular person says is true or false that was the same case with uh, chandrashekar subramanian chandrashekar or even uh, a lot of uh, physicists who went on to discover or identify many weird um, celestial structures that we pretty much see in common the reason why people are able to understand uh, you know take it up is because they have data to support their the- uh, theory it is if you if you ask me like you know um learning or mastering both is a tough job but it's you know it's like you know having a bodybuilder knowing um these things are heavy but if he start work, if he gets working on it he'll have a good toned body so that is an analogy that just comes out of him it's like they are like sisters so guys physics alert just now you talked about uh, chandrashekar i i was actually pretty much fascinated and uh, i was fascinated by these neutron stars and black holes i mean everyone is everyone who knows the dynamics of stars is uh, recently i was listening to this podcast by joe rogan and uh, there was it was an episode which had its guest as uh, roger pendros roger pendros was telling that what chandrashekar did was like really intricate calculation he did it on his way from uh, india to europe i guess and while he was doing it he came up with a theory that anything with more than 3 solar masses would collapse into a neutron star and uh, the thing is chandrashekar knew that he could push the theory further but then he chose not to at that moment he was facing like enough you know he was facing like enough opposition from people like eddington i suppose and uh, they were they were giving him like really tough oppositions and uh, still chandrashekar what he did was he stopped where he was he came till neutron stars uh, roger pendros was saying that if he pushed it a little forward he would have got into the black hole dynamic so when i listened to it i was like completely fascinated and uh, to think that someone like chandrashekar venkatraman from india has done like such humongous amount of work in this star collapsing dynamics actually i really feel proud about that and uh, i want to ask you yuvraj what is the latest mind boggling theory or the latest mind boggling incident which has happened in the history of physics of or physicists which has really like you know made you lose sleep at night if you ask me uh, i would say that the discovery of you know uh, universe expanding was something uh, which was pretty you know totally out of blue and the way how he, they found out makes me realize how uh, it makes me get fascinated more about doing this because um, they just start, the guy brain schmidt who actually has a course in um, edx on cosmology he actually started working on uh, supernova a the type 1 supernova and um, he then uh, out of nowhere found out that uh, the residing uh, redshift which he found in that is beyond um, what we, we had as the static universe model and it was indeed the universe expansion is indeed accelerating rather than you know expanding and i can say that as some even the concept of uh, you know the black hole evaporation is pretty what is it uh, it's hard to comprehend uh, you know evaporation of a black hole i often used to spend my time thinking what would happen to all the energy that had been i even had some heated argument a friend of mine um, you know um of after all those black holes getting evaporated what would happen and all this so these were two things uh, which i feel fascinating okay actually uh, actually there was also this thing okay 
I mean, like, uh, there's a lot of quotes of Einstein on internet, right? Like the biggest mistake of my life. They say a lot. Actually, what Einstein considered the biggest mistake of his life was when he completed the entire general relativity and he came up with the last set of equations, he found out that the universe was expanding. But then because of peer pressure, and as you said earlier, the prevalent assumption that the universe is static, Einstein found it to be ridiculous. So what he did was he added that constant of cosmological constant, which actually contributes to the expansion of the universe. And later he decided that uh, he came to know that he understood that, uh, okay, uh, maybe this doesn't work this way. Maybe the universe is really expanding with the Hubble redshift and stuff. That's what he regarded as the worst mistake of his life. And uh, see, even the, if, you, if you Google right now, best minds of the best minds of humankind, you'll definitely get Dr. Einstein in the top three. People like Dr. Einstein, they themselves have caved into the pressures and peer pressures of, have caved into the peer pressures of the society. They've caved into the prevalent assumptions which were really dominant. And uh, what I believe is that uh, maybe we are at a time in history where there are a lot of new discoveries coming in every day. But still, I think this number of new discoveries which are coming in makes us feel the impact really less because long ago during the time of Einstein in the last century when you had it new discoveries were coming and whenever a new discovery came it was groundbreaking people saw it to be groundbreaking why I feel why I feel that is true is that this time this era that we live in I feel that there's lots of brilliant minds working in the field of physics mathematics and stuff and they bring in new stuff every day they come up with new research papers every day and uh, there's, a, there's a fair amount of research papers which even go unvalidated and unrefereed. So what, what do you think about uh, being a physicist in this century? I mean, it's okay. It's okay being physicist in the times of Newton, Galileo, even Einstein. But what do you think it means to be a physicist in this century? For whatever timeline you are, um, you are constantly faced with certain sets of problems. If you were in the ages of Copernicus, um, no, um, finding something would be groundbreaking. But, you know, if you start publishing your theories or results, they might burn you. Or they might, you know, punish you in such a way that it's against their predefined ideology. So, irrespective of whichever timeline you are in, um, or the predated era you are in, um, always there remains a constant pressure around you about some predefined notion. Luckily, this uh, in this, um, you know, the current timeline that we are in, I guess uh, there is no rudimentary ideologies that people generally used to have. They are pretty open to everything. But this, on the other hand, also opens up a lot of uh, opportunities or a lot of people having access to data, uh, with the technologies that we um, if you ask me this is pretty good than what it was back then um, what we might find you know uh, I may do small research and I might come to a particular uh, a niche uh, result on a particular uh, constraints of a particular experiment that I'm doing but all these all these things they get to conglomerate together now whenever you come to the field of science um, if you are actually interested or focused upon the development of the field or the development of your knowledge you must start lose lose out those uh, connotations that you have for yourself now i should have this uh, pride i should have the name you, know. you have to be pretty open um, this might even backfire you in the cases of merit, merits or all those things. But in spite of all those things, it's only when all those results 
combined together you know we might have tons and tons of uh, papers re- uh, released on different perspectives of a particular but when you start you know working together uh, combine all those inferences that you get from individual research that each and every one are doing you might progress a little faster but it's the ego of individual persons which actually prevents this um, you know exponential growth in the field of but i guess um, if people start getting their own view like um, at least a mention of what they have done um, we can expect a lot more growth in and if you ask me if it's good uh, all these competitions all these um, current scenarios if you ask me at the higher level it's good but um, you have to totally devote yourself for that and um, things may not, not be pretty you know how to say people can't guarantee you that you might get all the credit or you might do but for the sake of for the love of physics or the, the for the love of uh, any field that uh, you are in to start working on it um, it also helps you to have a pretty good a good mentality you were recently a couple of minutes back you were talking about this expanding universes and evaporating black holes so i had a question relating to that you know from our childhood days as pradeep mentioned earlier sky is the one thing which we all look curiously at the heavenly bodies are something which picks our curiosity and it is the stars which lure lure a lot of us into this beautiful field of physics but personally once i got into physics once the initial curiousness of the stars brought me into this field i realized how physics is more than just about studying about stars i got to know how there are dif- different fields and subfields to the subject and as my knowledge on physics grew i realized that when you study about these heavenly bodies or the cosmos as such many at times one has to wait for stuff to happen for you to observe for example these expanding universes and black hole evaporating which you mentioned these happen at hundreds of light years away at a distance and a time scale that is not comprehensible by us humans and to quote this physicist professor paul c confield in his famous youtube video he he goes on to say saying that studying astrophysics or even high energy physics for that matter is like being with a stripper you can watch but you can't do a thing sorry for my long rambling there but as an aspiring astrophysicist i just wanted to know how wanted to know your thoughts on the criticism that your field faces yeah if you want to have something interesting or you know exciting to happen you have to wait for a pretty long time and you often don't come across uh, what is it uh, a field breaking uh, kind of opportunities or uh, even that happens in the sky but you know but there are two things that you can um, first is that you can find out a pretty good uh, kind of events or uh, exotic event that we haven't see, uh, see. like how you mentioned uh, you know having a trip to the stripper club or um, you can also you know work on a little bit more and uh, get well with the predefined um, formulations or ideology i would say um, you can't just you know throw off some a feel to be you know less interesting or uh, you know it doesn't have fun in it just because you don't often find new development it, it you indeed have new development 
the only thing which takes time is actually the what is it building up evidences to come to a conclusion such an exotic has happened um and astrophysics is the i would say the grand stage where uh, you can have each and every aspect of physics to be tested upon um, you know you might have tons and tons of new technologies coming up in nanotechnology or with gadgets and all those things but um, they follow predefined ideologies of but in astrophysics is where you actually you know um, test your current knowledge on stuff you may not be actually true on how it is if you are someone who you know um, who finds joy by you know finding a better version of whatever you have then astrophysics is pretty good uh, uh, engaging and all this we might say that you know um, astrophysics might be boring because you don't often um, find some exotic events like you know having the petal juice explode into supernova but um, if you ask me i would say that uh, even refining all those things um, that we have is also a pretty interesting stuff i'm not sure if i answered it uh, convincing but still astrophysics is is the biggest evidence of human curiosity so what what i feel is that this much information and this much knowledge which we have collected and which we have predicted upon astrophysics i don't i don't feel that this is very normal man i think it takes an extremely intelligent species to do this and even though not everyone who has walked the planet has contributed to this and it's it's a really big salute to the people who have contributed to this the people who have had time to who, who have taken time out of their petty daily issues and to look up the stars and mark the stars positions and stuff and we've gotten so far so what i feel about astrophysics is that it is one of the most noble disciplines a discipline where people do it just for the sake of knowing it not for the sake of establishing technology or whatsoever people do it just for the pleasure of that because there's not a as rowan mentioned there's not a lot you can do with astrophysics on planet but still extra detectors were first used in space to study the motion of uh, debris space debris and stuff but eventually nasa saw that it is a potential technology and they brought it back to earth and they started using it in airport and train stations for checking for weapons and stuff so there is a lot astrophysics has contributed to neil degrasse tyson has written a book on this the unknown alliance between astrophysics and security of nations and stuff there is a lot to this and uh, yuvraj since you are a special guest with a physics background we have prepared a rapid fire for you and uh, rohan he has picked the questions i haven't picked up the question so yuvraj i hope the, these questions are interesting to you and as well as it is for me to prepare so let's let us begin so uh, who's your favorite astrophysicist it has to be richard feynman okay no it was an astrophysicist okay if you ask me astrophysicist i would say um, i started liking brian schmidt Okay, and a book or a movie or a TV series you would recommend to our audience? Because someone who is more interested towards physics, cosmos is a pretty good uh, place to start or venture upon. Or I would say, Young Sheldon. Okay, that was so predictable. <laughs> and what's your favorite physical constant? The hypofine constant. And why is it so? um it was the one day thing which took me a lot of time to grasp what it was that's the reason oh okay and what would you pursue if not physics a professor if not physics if it's 
not physics um, it shows how bad i am with backup plans but anyways um since it's a rapid fire question i would say i would be uh, working in a uh, data science okay that's i think a good answer and finally the question for a million rupees and i'm just joking uh, according to you do you still feel that pluto is a part of us it is indeed part of solar system but i won't consider it as a Okay, those were the rapid fire questions. Hey, Raj, we are now at the end of the show, man. So I'm going to ask you one last question. People do a lot of things and you've chosen one of the most toughest disciplines, a discipline which will open your ass every day. And there's a lot of pleasure out of it too. I'm not going to deny that. How is being a physicist shaping your perspective of the world? If you tell that and we can be done with this. being a physicist gives you you know an independence of um, developing a systematic ideology or you know uh, it may it starts developing a curiosity inside you to observe stuff and i would say that if you are a pretty good uh, physicist then you should also be a pretty good philosopher the reason why is that uh, generally physicist what they do is they observe stuff they do certain things and they try to conclude certain stuff and which is what exactly philosophy they try to conclude uh, this is something um, which actually uh, shape my perspectives on finding you know um, when i interact with people or if i look at some things or stuff i don't just directly come to a conclusion on what a person who a person is or what he or she might be or what a thing is i give time for it to express itself and come to a conclusion so this is something which is uh which is pretty uncommon for an average human to because of them generally humans are pretty good, quick to judge and they always go with their gut and uh, their primordial instincts that they gut in whatever it is but being in physicist it helps me you know to actually give time to think to understand how it is or come to so that way it makes me a pretty good uh, pretty good in social skills generally people say if you are into physics or science um, you may not be a good good uh, social being but in my case it's pretty opposite it's actually physics which um, actually helps me overcome my insecurities on people and all this and go for so that's something um, is a major part of my aspect on okay yuvraj you've been a wonderful guest you've educated us and enlightened us on a lot of topics man So uh I hope we and the listeners of Qualia are indebted to you. So thanks a lot for being on the show man. Thanks a lot. Um to be exact I'm actually I'm I was grinding throughout the uh pharmacy session that we had because Qualia is something which I look upon and uh, it's one of my recent favorites I can say and being part with seniors of mine um, you know having a good conversation which i haven't had with you people uh, you know uh, since 2 years um, is pretty rewarding and i can feel i personally thanks a lot for giving me this opportunity well that's it for this episode of qualia we have great conversations lined up for you in the future episodes so stay tuned and do send us your valuable feedback so that we could make qualia a better listening experience for you you could reach out to us by sending us mail at pod.qualia@gmail.com see you next time and until then keep looking up to